We believe intentionality exists. We are two millennial moms who are the first to admit our imperfections. We are linking arms, opening the conversation about our struggles to find balance. What if there is more to simplicity than just minimalism or the number of items in your cabinet? What if the measuring stick goes beyond the surface of materialism? What if simplicity is found deep within intentionality? Narrowing your focus to what really matters. Pursuing the right things, fleeing the dangerous things, to delight in the finest of things. In a generation saturated with instant gratification, screens, and distracted relationships, simplicity beckons. Well, hey there, Gwendolyn. We're so glad that you have joined us for our very first podcast interview today. Hi, thanks for having me. I'm really happy to be here. Yeah, so we just wanted to jump right in and get to know a little bit more about you. So do you want to just kind of tell us about you and your family? Uh, actually, you're my sister, so <laughs> I, know, I know a little bit more than, uh, than most people probably will. But yeah, just uh, tell us about you and um, kind of what you've got going on. Yeah, uh, so my name is Gwendolyn, and I live in Colorado with my husband, Jack, and I am a proud English bulldog mom. <laughs> His name is Alfred, and he's just our world. We love him to death. I manage a fair trade store here in Colorado Springs called Yo Bell. So that keeps me busy. How old is Alfred now? He just turned one. He actually just had to get some surgery on his nose to help him breathe better. The little squishy face breeds sometimes have trouble. So that actually worked out during quarantine because we could just care for him while he's recovering and he's doing much better now. So that's good. All of the pictures you share, he is the cutest little dog ever. Thank <laughs> Looks you. like a little model. He's so funny. We're constantly entertained. <laughs> That's so fun. Well, thanks for joining us. And kind of, I know that was a great introduction of yourself. But before we jumped in on this topic of fair trade and slow fashion and just what you do there in Colorado with Yobel, could you just give us a good definition of what even is fair trade and this term slow fashion? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so according to the Good On You app, slow fashion is an awareness and approach to fashion which considers the process and resources required to make clothing, particularly focusing on sustainability. It involves buying better quality garments that will last for longer and values fair treatment of people, animals, and the planet. So basically, it's just putting people first. Everything that we consume is affecting somebody. And fair trade is really about making sure that the people who create the products that we use are earning a fair wage, working in a safe environment, are of working age, obviously child labor, a huge issue in developing countries. So fair trade is just all of those principles set in place and that people are getting what any human being really deserves and should have. Yeah, so slow fashion and fair trade definitely go hand in hand. Like I would consider a fair trade product slow fashion because it was created by someone earning a fair wage and it's a slower process. Um, but it doesn't necessarily mean fair trade. It can be products created here in the U.S. The main focus of slow fashion is sustainability, like organic materials, things that are not harming 
harsh emissions into the environment. That's kind of the difference. But like I said, they definitely go hand in hand. Awesome. Can you tell us a little more about your personal journey into becoming passionate and more educated in this mission of like slow fashion, fair trade? What's that story look like for you? Yeah, absolutely. So I have always loved fashion. It's probably been my main passion for as long as I can remember. I was one of those kids when I would open up a present and it was closed. I was not disappointed. <laughs> just get clothes <laughs> instead of choice. I just have always loved putting outfits together. And as I entered into adulthood, I started working retail. And honestly, my love for fashion kind of turned into a shopping addiction. I was living at home, so it was just easy to spend my whole paycheck. And it kind of, I went on this black hole of just spending mindlessly and never feeling satisfied with what I had and just constantly wanting to keep up with trends. So that's kind of where I was when I heard that Yobel, the fair trade shop here in town, was hiring a new manager. And I just had this, it was probably one of the most lightning bolt from the sky moments I've had where I was like, I need to go for that. Even though I didn't feel particularly qualified or anything, I just went and interviewed and I got the job. And working for Yobel just completely transformed the way that I saw fashion because we work with artisans and hearing their stories and just how much the opportunity to work and earn a fair wage changed their lives just completely changed my outlook on how I consumed things. And another thing that had a huge impact on me was the documentary, The True Cost. It shows all of the downfalls of the fashion industry and just how it affects people negatively in developing countries. And it just really makes you think before you buy that $5 t-shirt because real hands made that t-shirt. Mm -hmm. And even though it's cheap for you and you might wear it two or three times, it's making much more of an impact negatively on people than that. So. Yeah, that's so great. I love hearing about your transition through that because I think so many people can relate. Like hearing you talk about um, and just being honest with your struggle of purchasing and buying. I know that so many people walk down that and you're absolutely right. It is this like unfulfilled, just almost addiction you're in of just buy, 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 consume, consume, consume. So for someone that might be listening to this and realizing, oh my gosh, like I'm walking through the same area. You know, I'm constantly, especially with quarantine, like I've seen so many memes and jokes, like there are so many people right now just constantly buying things on Amazon and just buying clothes. What are some practical steps for someone that might be trying to transition their lifestyle to being more ethically conscious and maybe some resources that others could pursue just to become more educated on the subject? So I think a great place to start is in your own closet and making sure that it's narrowed down to things that you really love so that you know your own style and what to look for. It's a great place to start and to kind of learn what you can be content with. So kind of even the Marie Kondo, put all the clothing on your bed, weed through everything and learn what you actually love. And once you know what you love, then moving forward, First, one of my favorite things to do is thrift. It's a great alternative to buying fast fashion. It's keeping clothing out of landfills, and it's really affordable. A lot of people, when I talk to them about a more ethical way to shop, they're like, well, I love all these high-end sustainable brands, but I can't afford that. So I love thrifting as an alternative to that. And you can find some really great brands. Um, I love resources like Poshmark and ThreadUp. 
you could search anthropology and get an anthropology dress for like $10. So that is a great uh, solution. An excellent resource is uh, one of my favorite fair trade shoe brands, The Root Collective. They've put together an ethical list on their website where you can go through and say you're looking for athletic wear. They list all of these amazing ethical brands that you can shop. So that's one of my favorite resources that I use, especially when I'm looking for something specific. For, um, for someone that would present the argument that they don't really want to thrift, but that bending more for each individual item doesn't make sense to them when they can mm -hmm. go get something from Target or Old Navy for, you know, 10 bucks. What would you say to sort of maybe change their perspective on that? Maybe we can spend a little more, but have less um, and actually not, you know, be spending a whole lot more in the process. Does that make sense? Like yes. spending more on each item, but buying less items. Absolutely. So if you think about it this way, say you get a $30 faux leather bag from Target and you use it for two months and then the strap breaks. That $30 you basically just threw away. But say instead you buy a $180 handcrafted leather bag from Africa, that it's a little harder to put that money up front but that bag is going to last you for years. So when you think about the big picture and how long that product is gonna last you, it makes putting that extra bit of money out there up front make more sense. Mm -hmm. I know we've talked about like, think about the amount of times you wear something and eventually the cost of that, um, how it balances out. So if you, right. if you buy a $120 pair of jeans and wear those jeans, 400 times, then that was absolutely worth it. Mm -hmm. Whereas I know personally, like I've bought jeans at Target before that maybe cost $20, but they didn't hold up very well. I didn't really like the way they fit. So I maybe wore them a total of like four times before, yes. you know, I really didn't want to wear them anymore. So when you look at it from that perspective, those were actually very expensive. Um, and then I'm left figuring out what to do with them. Absolutely. You know? um, do you have any advice for people that are paring things down? Like what's the absolute best way of getting rid of clothing? So like I said, kind of start with the Marie Kondo method, everything on the bed, go through everything you own and really ask yourself if it's something that you love wearing, you're confident in it. And when you kind of know and see those items that you are choosing, then you'll realize kind of what you, like we call it, what your uniform is, and it will help you know what to shop for in the future. And then another tip that I wrote that really helped me when I was carrying down my closet was to put those items that I was unsure of in a box. And then I just stored it away for a few months. And if I didn't miss anything in that box, then I just donated it without even looking at anything. And that helped me so much because sometimes there's things that you're kind of sentimental about for some reason, even though it doesn't quite fit just right anymore. And it's hard to just throw it away. And as far as actually donating your clothing, um, obviously the thrift store is an option, but I encourage people to look for other resources first, like ask your friends, Hey, I'm getting rid of some things. Would you like to look through? Cause a lot of the things we donate, they're not at the thrift store that long before they're actually shipped off to developing countries and end up in a landfill. So it's really smart to try to check all your resources before just donating. Another great option is to sell your items on Poshmark. It's so easy. I actually recently just started that and it's been really fun. Just snap a few pictures and list them on the app 
And that way they can end up with someone who will really love it. It's interesting when you're talking about like forming, kind of formulating your uniform. I definitely used to be in the habit of like going into places like Target um, and seeing something really cute and going ahead and buying it without really thinking about whether it was practical to my lifestyle or whether it was something that I would even be comfortable wearing. So very often I've purchased something like that and then to my embarrassment, maybe have never actually worn it out, you know, because it just, it's not practical for my lifestyle. Like something I've learned recently being a mom is, you know, I might like the way that a shorter dress looks, but it's not practical for me right now because I have got kids crawling all over me and pulling on me and I'm always having to like, um, you know, kneel down on the ground and pick things up. And so I've learned to make some more educated choices for myself based on what I'm comfortable wearing and what I'm actually going to get use out of, as opposed to just acting on that impulse of like, Oh, that's so cute. I love the way that looks. I like the idea of me wearing that and then having that not really pan out. Yes. And I do want to say, like, give yourself grace. First of all, I still buy things from Target sometimes. I'm not going to lie. It's not always realistic to never buy something that's a little cheaper, especially if you're raising kids and they're growing constantly. I think the most important thing is, like you said, the impulse. When we impulse buy something just because, oh, I'm going to buy this now and it's going to make me feel really good. That's, Mm -hmm. it's probably not. But if it's something that stays in your head and you're like, this is filling a gap in my wardrobe and I really think I'll get a lot of use out of it, then that's when you know that it's okay. It's okay to get that item if you really think you're going to wear it a lot. And so I think just avoiding those impulse purchases is the most important thing. Mm -hmm. That's such a good reminder because I feel like it's so hard right now in the day and age of the swipe up feature. Like there's so many people on Instagram and platforms that are promoting all these different clothes and it's easy to get wrapped up into you know, just the excitement and, oh my gosh, she's wearing this. I so need it. And you just want to like swipe up. They make it simple and then just buy now and then it's done. And it is such an impulse related thing. Yeah. I know those websites where they like know your card info. So you literally just have to click a button. It's so dangerous. Right. Yeah. And um, I think another thing when you're shopping to keep in mind is can I wear this item multiple ways? So an example, I actually just purchased an outfit from Madewell and it's a little tank top that tucks into a skirt. It looks like a dress, but since it's two pieces, I'll be able to wear that top with a million different things and the skirt with a bunch of different things. So I always like to think about that because when you have a smaller wardrobe, it's easy to get bored. So I like to think of ways that I can make items versatile and mix it up a little bit. Yeah, that's, that's such great advice, you know, just to kind of really put a lot more thought behind what you're purchasing and the ways that you can use it, it really does make a difference. It's kind of one of those things that I used to think was like, well, that's a nice thought. The more that you sort of just pause, take a moment, think about it, um, it really does make a difference. Okay, so something that we wanted to do was ask you about something that you're just loving right now. It can be anything. It doesn't have to be fashion related, Mm -hmm. just something that um, you're really loving. (laughs) Super simple, but being in quarantine, I have cooked more than I have in my entire life. Um, When we first got married, Jack was doing 90% of the cooking and I was like, this is great. I married a guy that cooks. I'm just going to sit back and enjoy this. But um, he's been working really long days at home and I haven't been working very much at all. 
So I've really just rolled up my sleeves and found tons of new recipes and it's been really therapeutic for me and I know I'm going to do it a lot more moving forward. So it's just been exciting and I really have been enjoying that. Have you found a recipe that's like a new staple? Like, is there one that would be worth sharing? Oh yes. So last week I made, it was just some bratwurst in a crock pot with some vegetables and beef broth. And it was really simple, but we absolutely loved it. And I know we'll probably be making that a ton. Oh, that's awesome. And I love anything with a crock pot. Yes. Oh, I love crock pots so much. I love like when five o'clock rolls around and it's like, oh, okay, we can just dish this out on my plate and I'm good to go. Yeah. There's nothing like that feeling of like having dinner ready in quotes at like 10 in the morning, you know? Yes. On the flip side with a crock pot, I always fall into wanting to use the crock pot. And then it comes to like three in the afternoon and I'm like, shoot, I totally forgot to put all of the ingredients in. So it's like a catch 22 for me. Totally. totally. There's also been um, a couple times that I have forgotten to plug it in. Oh no. So I've loaded it up and I've turned it on, but it's not plugged (laughs) in. So now that's something I always like double, triple, quadruple check before, you know, Accounted is done. Yeah, then you have the late night like scramble of do we get takeout or is it PB and J's or like what is in the kitchen that we can actually make and eat? Yeah, (laughs) I've been there. (laughs) So I did have a question for you, Gwendolyn. Yes, you were talking through you know figuring out your outfit and kind of your wardrobe, and I know for me. I am at a point where I recognize that my closet is very full of things that I don't wear. And when it comes down to things that I actually wear and I enjoy, I have very little pieces of clothing. So I'm at like the weird place of needing to get rid of things, but I also need to purchase some really good quality clothes to help build up my wardrobe. But it's hard for me to figure out my outfit because I work. So I need like working clothes and then I need mommy clothes and then I need date night clothes and then night out with friends, just like jeans and a t-shirt. And honestly, when I start to think through it all, I get a little overwhelmed of how can you have like a capsule wardrobe, but still fit all of these molds. So do you have any like two or three pieces that maybe I should start shopping for to kind of get me going on this journey of kind of where I can even begin? Like, is there, maybe it's a t-shirt or things that you just really like wearing or having in your closet at all times? Absolutely. So kind of what you were describing, I think a really good wrap dress would be a great solution for you. They can look very professional. You can dress it up with some jewelry and they also, you just throw on some sandals and they can look really casual and they're super comfortable. I know Everlane has some really great options that are very ethical. And I think just a simple like black and white striped tee would be another good option for you. You could wear it with jeans or add a blazer to dress it up a little bit. Those are a few things I can't live without in my wardrobe. And I think a really good pair of dark wash skinny jeans would be another great piece to add because those you can make look professional as well. And they're also really casual and comfortable. Oh, I love that. I needed to ask <laughs> you that a long time ago. You <laughs> made that so simple and I know exactly what to look for. Thanks. That's Absolutely. great. Absolutely. And kind of touching on beginning a capsule wardrobe. I honestly, I still have a lot of pieces. I think the important thing is to make it your own. When I was first looking into it, there's like the 33 outfits in a certain amount of time. And I just 
couldn't do it. I'm like, I can't have free dresses because I love my dresses and I want to wear them. So I think the important thing is to make it your own. The thing that really helps me is to keep it seasonal by just boxing up those items that you're not going to wear in July. And then it will make your wardrobe feel less overwhelming because you'll go in and just the items that are in season. It's such a simple step, but it's what's really helped me just simplify everything. So yeah. With a capsule wardrobe, I really don't think you have to follow a strict set of rules for how many items. Just wear what you love. Plus, another thing that's really great about packing up your clothes that aren't seasonal is that it feels like you're you get all, like a whole new wardrobe at you know at yes. the change of of the season. You know, clothes you haven't seen in a while. It's like, oh, I love this. You kind of forgot about it. It's like Christmas. <laughs> So um, I actually have a question for you too, and it's a little bit sillier. If you could only have one band tee, but really any musician would be fine, um, that you had to wear for the rest of your life from like now until you're like, you know, 90 something years old, what would that musician tee be? Okay, well, don't laugh, but I probably would have to say Taylor Swift, honestly. (laughs) She has gotten me through so much. I mean, I remember when she was first becoming big. I was just in middle school and I just related to so many of her songs. The other day, my brother was like, oh, Taylor Swift, your favorite. And I was like, no, she's not my favorite. Then he was like, who do you like more? And I was like, uh, yep, it's Taylor Swift. (laughs) I'll probably be rocking that Taylor Swift red album tee into the nursing home. (laughs) I love that. I can totally picture it too. Yeah. She's got some good songs. That's for sure. What about you, Natalie? What would yours be? That's a good question. Um, you know, probably I'm right there with you, Gwendolyn of the stereotypical. <laughs> Mine would be the Beatles. Uh, my dog's name is Lennon after John Lennon. Aww. And growing up, I always wanted to name all of my pets after the Beatles. And it's just been one of those, you know, good, true music that stands the test of time. So I'd say the Beatles shirt. I can totally picture that too. Yep. (laughs) What about you, Elizabeth? I think mine would probably be John Denver. That's probably another accurate one. That fits you (laughs) perfect too. Yeah. His stuff just never gets old. Like I always, it always just fits the mood and yeah. I love me some Rocky Mountain High. All right. Well, this was so fun. Um, I'm so glad that you joined us today and that you're our first interview. This was this was a really great subject. And I think one thing I really love about it is how thought provoking it is. Mm-hmm. And how, you know, it's a very deep subject. It's very deep and wide and it has a lot of real, very important implications. But I think there's also some very simple ways that you laid out very well um, that can make, you know, some very accessible changes that people can add to their lives that I think can be very impactful. So I just really appreciate that you came on and, you know, shared your heart about this subject with us. Well, thank you so much for having me. I'm honored to be the first interview. That's awesome. And I've just been loving the podcast so far. I'm so proud of you girls for killing it. And I think you have a really important mission that you're doing here and I'm honored to be part of it. Awesome. Well, thank you. Thanks, Gwendolyn.